Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Good morning, everybody. I love this church so much. Our family loves this church so much, and not just because you support us financially, which is a huge blessing, but for a couple of things. Number one, the heart of worship here in this church is unbelievable, and please never take for granted the anointing and the talent that you have in this church, because I'm telling you, I wanted, I sat over there just because I wanted to lay in the floor (laughs) and bask in his presence, because it's something that we don't experience in Honduras. Um, and the other thing is something I learned this morning that you can wear a hat in your church, <laughs> which is awesome because I love to cover the cue ball. Um, so thanks for that, too. It makes me love you even more. But um, I'm Wes. This is my wife, Lindsay. We have four children. One of them is not here today. He's in Honduras. Um, we're hoping to adopt him. <laughs> I gave you a little update on that in May, and Lindsay's going to talk more about Abiel. Um, but y'all come here a minute, kiddos. These are our three, Bella, and she's 12, believe it or not, uh, Nate, who is nine, and Marley, who is eight, but um, thank y'all, y'all can go to kids' church now if you want to. <laughs> I just wanted to give a really quick update, and then I'll hand it over to Lindsay, but um, let's see, we haven't been here for a whole church service. When we first started on the field, we went down to teach in a school on a property of the Good Shepherd Children's Home. Ten months into that teaching time, we were approached by the field director over all of Honduras for our mission organization, BMDMI, and he asked us to take over the children's home as directors. And that was a huge step, going from a teacher to a director. But we prayed, we sought God, and if I had time, I'd tell you the amazing things that God proved himself and showed, because I'm that guy who's like, God, just give me one sign real quick. It's not that I didn't have faith, but anyway, um, he made it rain in the middle of dry season, which is what I asked for, but... Uh, anyway, he gave me confirmation, and so we stepped into that role, and we've been the directors of this home for a year and a half now. We have 79 children, 35 employees, and God has blessed richly. There have been amazing changes that only God could have done. Um, God has brought amazing new people to the home, and so it's just amazing to watch what God has done. It's nothing that we have done, but everything, we give glory to him and everything. But Lindsay's going to um, share some more updates. She's a far better speaker than I so enjoy Minnie Beth Moore here. <laughs> so not true. <laughs> um, we do want to just um, share. I know this this service may be a little different. I'm no preacher. I will tell you that. But I, I can definitely proclaim some of the things that we have seen God do on the mission field this year. Um, the thing that I, I hate about doing things like this is that I really wish that I could experience each one of you coming up here to share your testimony, to share your daily lives. Because what we do in Honduras is we live our life. We work a job. We live our lives. But everything that we do here in the States, in Honduras, wherever we go, it's ministry. What you do in your daily lives is ministry. So I wish we had the time for everybody just to stand up here. Give us a recap of your year. It would take forever. I know it would. But God is good, is he not? And he's faithful in all of our lives. And that's what we're here just to share with you today. I do want to say the reason we want to share so so badly what has gone on this year is just because you guys are your rock stars in supporting us. You may not know it, um, but you guys are awesome. And we just appreciate everything, your prayers, your your financial support. Aside from our sending church here in the States, 
this church is our biggest supporter. You guys, and you have no idea what that means. That allows us to continue to stay on the field and do what we feel like God's called us to do because we can't work a job and provide to be down there as well, but this is our job, so we're just thankful that you guys step in, and you're playing your role in sharing the gospel, and that's just allowing us to be down there. So as Wes mentioned, we are um, we're the directors of a children's home, and before I, I start saying anything today, if you have any preconceived notions about what missionaries, when they come to church and speak, I just want you to just like get rid of them okay <laughs> because a lot of people they, they think one of two things one thing is oh god the missionaries are here to give us a sob story so they can get more money and, and that is not it from us I want to share the miracles I want to share the hope that has been given this year um the other preconceived notion is just that y'all y'all put us on pedestals <laughs> for some reason and when I say y'all I know I'm generalizing but Please don't put us on any pedestal. Like I mentioned before, we are living our daily lives. Our ministry is our life. Our life is our ministry, just like yours. So drop it all. I'm a normal person, okay? <laughs> and I'm not here just to, to um, tell you sob stories. I want to tell you the good stories, okay? Um, so what I've done is just kind of prepared some pictures. So I'm going to give you a brief year in review. Um, when we went back to the field in January, we were welcomed with love. We were welcomed with a puppy and a baby. I mean, how cute does it get? Um, but all the kids were lining the streets. They were cheering for us when we came back on because they were just so excited to have us back. Um, others were not because they know that we're also the disciplinarians <laughs> when we come back. And they were like, oh, God, now I have to behave again. So <laughs> um, you can go ahead and advance to the next one. Um, we got to work immediately, started making some some different um, maintenance things happen. We All of the casitas um, we have been able to renovate this year. And when I say casita, that's the little house where the children live. We have 10 houses where the children live. Um, eight of them have children right now. One of them's closed for renovation, and one is our library. So all of them have been painted on the outside again this year with a fresh coat. We're starting to renovate them one by one on the inside because they are over... 15 years old so you can imagine the wear and tear on the houses with just kids living in them so you can go to the next one um we also this is some of our staff the guy in the fro he just cracks me up every time I see this picture he was our translator <laughs> um but this is our administrative team and then we also had um someone come down from the states to help us do a leadership conference and we went back this past year just wanting to share hope with our staff we kind of bottomed out, kind of down, because there were so many changes, but we wanted to help bring them up. We did a study, a leadership study on Nehemiah and how he went in and rebuilt the walls, and we were so excited just to instill some hope into our administrative team, because if any of you um, are in a position where you have employees that work under you, you know that whatever service you're providing is, not, is only going to be as good as those people under you are, are giving out. So we want whole kids. We want to put some amazing disciples out into the world that we're raising up. But we can't do that unless our staff is strong, unless our, the, the Tias who are in the casitas are they're spiritually ready to raise these kids up. So we went back with just an emphasis on making sure our staff is prepared um, to share the gospel. You can go to the next one. 
Um, this year, we accepted um, four new children into the home. Three of them are pictured. The first one there with the three girls in the picture, the girl in the middle is the one who came to us first this year. And um, her name is Rosinda. You can see she has a neck brace on. Um, when she first came, and this is a sad story, but I want to tell it so I can get to the good part of the story. <laughs> but when she came, she, um, we found out that she had witnessed the murder of her aunt. Not only had she witnessed the murder of her aunt, but she also was choked out and left for dead. They thought that they had killed her as well, but she played dead. And she ended up surviving, was able to go and get help once they left the house. And you can imagine the PTSD, all of the things that come with that, um, night terrors that we have to deal with. But praise God, he, he's so faithful. We have watched her change and blossom into a new creation. And we did, right before we left, we had to say goodbye to her. She had to go to a different facility just because of some of the, the psychological things she had going on. But we are happy that we could provide a place for her to go for that initial treatment, that initial just pouring into her life, the love of a Savior, because that's all that can help when you go through something like that. There is nothing that I, I personally can do. Um, also in the top right-hand side, um, that is little baby named Karen Sophia. She came to us at two months old. And then the bottom right is Maria Liliana. If you'll advance to the next one. Maria Liliana, she came to us. Um, you can go to the next one, sorry. <laughs> um, Maria Liliana came to us in April of this last year. She actually came on Nate's birthday. It was, it was a weird day for Nate, bless his heart. We're trying to celebrate a birthday, and then all of a sudden we get a call that a child's coming, like, freeze. <laughs> we will we'll finish this celebration up later. <laughs> um, but as you can see, the day she came, she's in uh, a cast with both legs and the hip area. And we found out that that is actually about what was it, four weeks after she got out of the hospital. When she initially went to the hospital, she was an unrecognizable child because she had been beaten so severely. Um, she had new breaks in her legs and old breaks in her arms and her hips. And that first night that we had her, when they send a child to you, they, don't, they do the initial medical work that they need to, but they try and get them to a facility quickly so you can do the rest of the medical care and you can pay for it, obviously. Um, but... That first night she came into our house, and I'm, I'm not making light of it in any way whatsoever, but because of the cast and how it had been on for a few weeks, and it just stunk horribly. I mean, just a horrible, horrible stench. So that, and she's screaming in terror the whole night, and we're just sitting there with essential oils on our shirts and just rocking her and trying to console her somewhat. Singing wouldn't work. Just speaking in a nice sing-song voice was not working. Nothing would console this child. Come to find out, we do take her to the doctor the next day. They had covered up third-degree burns on her legs with those casts. No wonder the child's screaming in terror. So it's moments like that when reality just, just hits you <laughs> square between the eyes. And you realize that nothing except for God's love and, and just the strength of God working through you can help make it through those, those long nights like that. She was 18 months old when she first came, almost two years old, and she was not speaking any words. 
Spanish, English, nothing. All she could do was grunt and scream out. Um, but I want to advance to the next slide because this shows the hope. <laughs> um, this is Maria Liliana today, and the hair's finally growing in. There's no more malnutrition. She not only speaks in Spanish now, but she also speaks in English, too. She's learning both languages as she goes. So we are just thankful for the progress in her life, the hope that we can show you. Um, if you'll go to the next one. This is another story from this year that we just, we love to scream from the rooftops. We had our first adoption go through that has happened in, I want to say, eight years at the home. This family, they're from Louisiana. They have been pursuing adoption with this child, Juvia, for seven years. <laughs> for seven years, the, the, it's just a mess in the country. There's a lot of corruption but going back and forth with the government. And finally, after seven years, we celebrated this day. <laughs> I mean, this was amazing. It's what we hope for all of our kids, that they can live in a family, that they can know the love of a father and a mother and, and even siblings possibly. But we were so excited for this. And this happened back in August. So if you'll go to the next one. Um, <laughs> Sorry to show off our um, nakedness in this picture, but <laughs> we had a day of, they have a day of the Bible that we celebrate there. So this was our Adam and Eve and our parade that we had. <laughs> but I show this picture because I wanted to show you the little girl. Her name is Kaylin. So many times we get bogged down in the, the mundane things of life. We do see a lot of just heartbreak things like that, but when moments come that we know that it's the power of the Lord working, we just love to take that time to rejoice, and the Lord has worked in Kaylin's life, and there has been a miracle this year in her life, and it was amazing to watch. Kaylin, um, she, she had some birth defects. Um, she can't hear very well. She also had one leg that has always you notice I already said was. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm giving it away. She had a leg that was shorter than the other leg. She had a foot that was noticeably much smaller than the other. So we had um, some doctors come in. We are a medical mission, so we have doctors come in regularly. And we had a doctor come in just to check on the kid, kids, and she, he checked, she checked on her specifically that day because she was wanting to share with the caregiver different things she could do so that we might be able to see some advancements and some progress with her situation because she would never run. Um, she would just, she was always lagging behind the rest of the crew and obviously with her, with the issues that she had. But when that doctor was down there, I don't, most of you that have little babies, when you go to the pediatrician, you know, they're measuring their legs, they're rotating them in, they're rotating them out. Um, doctor was doing the same things there, raise the legs up, Yep, this one's noticeably shorter. Compared the feet, yeah, this one's noticeably much smaller. So she's just talking to the Tia at that point about different things that she could do to help out. Um, using two translators at that point, and then also our Honduran director was there as well, so she could help describe just psychologically, because she's a psychologist, some of the things that, that we're seeing as well. So doctor's just talking, talking, talking. Well... Before she leaves, she's, um, she just wants to do those measurements. Y'all know doctors. They're like, one more time. <laughs> so they make those measurements one last time. And the Lord performed a miracle right there. Her, her leg, same length, other foot, same size. And 
the doctor, she, I mean, she's a good lady. She's a good Baptist lady, <laughs> but she was just floored. She was like, what just happened? Our Honduran director takes off just, glory to God, glory to God. <laughs> Everybody's crying. The translator happened to be one of our children there at the home, and she was like, what just happened? Well, this just, <laughs> so then Kaylin gets up. She's like not phased by it at all, but she gets up and takes off running. And the Tia at that point, which is her caregiver, just loses it because she's watched this child lag behind for years and she just takes off. <laughs> so miracles happen all the time. Sometimes they happen instantaneously like this. And I love to tell stories when they happen like this. But then also there are small miracles every day. And there are, there are miracles in the progression of life. And I want to go to the next one. Just with all of our children that are, that are at the home, we watch them come from places of poverty, of extreme malnutrition, of being beaten and abandoned and abused and horrible things. But the miracle to watch their progression of life and what they're able to do just by having someone there to love them, having someone there to give them Jesus is amazing. This is a little girl. Her name is Raina. This was when she came. We had just taken over as directors back in 2017. And the day that she came, I mean, belly just distended, hair breaking off. She was almost two years old in this picture, but tiny. And if you'll go to the next one, this is Raina today. She's mean as a snake, but she's cute. <laughs> she really, it's taken her a while to come around, but I, I gloat in this picture because for the first eight months, the child would have nothing to do with anyone. She didn't want to be touched. She didn't want to be cuddled. She didn't want to be loved on. But now today, if I come running around the corner, Miss Lynchy, Miss Lynchy. <laughs> So this is what God is doing in the lives of our children. We get to watch it in this progression. Sometimes we get to watch it instantaneously, but it's miracles. It's God at work in their lives. And I'm just so thankful that we get to be a part of it. Um, if you'll go to the next one. Sometimes we get to be a part of the big things for kids, too. Um, we, I say we get to fill in as mom and dad, but there's no way we could really do that for all of those children. It's too big of a job. But sometimes we get to, to play those roles and go to graduation ceremonies. If you'll go to the next one, um, experience baptisms of our children. We had eight children this year give their hearts to the Lord and make that, that step towards baptism as well. So those are exciting moments as a parent, right? <laughs> we love watching that. And if you'll go to the next one quinceañeras they're big in, in Central America it's like the sweet 16 except much bigger so these are moments in these kids lives that parents are missing um, but we're not going to miss them for those kids we're going to be there we're going to celebrate these kids and it's because of givers and financial support that we are able to to do this for these children so you'll go to the next one and then sometimes we get to just you know, help them with their skills in life. So <laughs> um, beauty school is what Jolanda likes to do. So, yes, I get to to be her her client a lot. If you'll go to the next one. Um, celebrating big days like Mother's Day and things like that can be very sad for the children, but we try our best to make this 
as easy as possible for them. So this this one picture was Mother's Day, and some of the high school girls had invited me to their, their Mother's Day presentation because, let me tell you, in Central America, they love to celebrate the mamas. <laughs> Daddies, not so much, sorry. <laughs> they are out. <laughs> but the moms, they get put up on this huge pedestal. So you can imagine for some of the kids at the home to not have that celebration to look forward to. Um, it's difficult to imagine. So if you'll go to the next one. And then I told you at the beginning, we're just trying to implement some things with our staff this year. We have 35 staff members that work hands-on with our children, and we just want to build them up. We want to be able to encourage them. If you'll go to the next one. And then the next one. Um, last thing I want to talk about before I just share one, one quick thing that's really just on my heart. Um, we have been able to also get outside the walls. We don't just stay on our compound. Our compound is 70 acres of land where we are. It is guarded. It's gated. But those kids don't need to be institutionalized. <laughs> so we work on getting them outside the walls. We go out into our community. We also we have a church that's on our, on our campus. And typically it's just been for the kids and whoever works at the home. We have like a Sunday chapel service. We didn't want to do that anymore. How, how boring is it to live with the same people, go to church with the same people, go to school with the same people, the same people, the same people, <laughs> and never really know what community feels like. So we opened up our church this year to the community. We tell the guards to open up the gates. We opened the gates. <laughs> Everything is... In Disney. <laughs> um, so we opened up our gates, the community started coming in, and what our children have learned from that is priceless. You guys know, I mean, imagine never taking your kids to church. Some people do it. I can't imagine it. Um, giving them that, that network of people that they know. So the church that we've planted this year is called Valley Church. I say we, we actually didn't have much to do with it except we sing on praise team, we go to church, but there's too much else in, in our job responsibility. But we've been privileged to be a part of it, going out in the community and just sharing, sharing Jesus. If you'll get to the next one. And just being able to live in a culture that is not our own. Some days it's so frustrating to live in a culture that is not like your own. I, I'm going to be honest with you. There are days where I just don't want to leave the house simply because I'm like Spanish, Latin American people. <laughs> they, their greetings are so long, and it's like I have a to-do list, and I want to get this, 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 and this done. But when they see you, they want to say, glory to God, it's so great to see you. I am so happy. Tell me about your life. And we do this for everybody we see, and I'm like, I have to get my, my things done here. <laughs> But they teach you so much, but some days the culture, it, it gets to you. But overall, we are so thankful that we get to be immersed in this culture because it is a very loving culture, and it, get, it opens up so many avenues just to share the gospel because you can't go to somebody's house and visit without them saying, sit down, we're going to have some coffee, and we're going to have some bread, and that gives you just a, a wonderful opportunity to share. If you'll go to the next Last thing is, um, this is our family, obviously, and there's our missing link in the middle there. That is little Abiel. I know Wes came and shared with you guys back in the summer about um, our, our goal is to adopt this child. It was not supposed to happen, um, but God opened doors. God was the miracle worker in this. And regardless of if we are able to be the family for this child 
or if it's someone else, this child's hopefully going to have a family in 2019. He will be adopted. I pray it's us. (laughs) But if it's not, God has still been faithful in this child's life because there is no way in the country of Honduras that a child gets a forever family before the age of five. It just is, it's impossible, they say, but not with God. And we are just excited about watching the miracles of his life. Um, One word, if you'll just go to the next slide, and that'll be the last one. One word that could recap this year, and I did want to share all this with you just because you've invested in this. This is the ministry that you've also helped do this year. I I would say one word to recap this year would be hope. We started out in this ministry. I will be very, very honest. Wes and I felt hopeless when we saw all the devastation around. You live in a third world country. It's in your face all the time. You do feel hopeless. You feel that other people are hopeless. And then you begin to feel that, and you're like, I have nothing, nothing to give. But we have so much to give, and you guys know that. Um... When you look at the progression of the children that I showed you today, you see hope. When you look at the improvement that we've seen in our employees, we see so much hope. And all the circumstances that are in front of us, we, we not only see the hope that's happened, the miracles that have happened, but we have hope for their futures. We have hope for our own future. It's not just optimism. And that's the thing that the Lord has really just burdened in me and I just want to share with you guys because maybe you're in the same walks of life just a different setting different situation but hope is not just optimism it's not just wishing for something it's not just saying I hope I get to go to Disney World this year I hope I get to adopt this child this year it's not just wishing I want to present to you that hope can also be waiting, waiting on God. Looking at his past faithfulness is biblical hope and knowing that he's going to come through, that's what hope is. You can't just base your hope on, like I say, a wish. It's so cool that in the Spanish language, sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's frustrating. They don't have as many words as we have most of the time. And there's one word, espero, or esperar is the verb, It means to wait. But it also means, if you want to say, I hope something happens, you also say, espero. It's the same word. So if you're saying, I hope that the bus comes, yo espero en el bus. I hope it comes. But you're also saying that, you're not just saying that you hope, you're saying I'm waiting on the bus to come. So, it, it just it kind of plays a trick with your mind at first, but then all of a sudden it clicks and it makes perfect sense. Because why would you sit around and wait on a bus if you didn't know that it was coming? It's not coming. You're going to wait on something that you know is coming, right? You're going to hope in something that you know is going to happen. And biblical hope, like I said before, looking at God's past faithfulness, knowing that he's going to come through for you. Knowing not just for you, but for his good, for his, his will to be done in situations. Waiting is hoping, not just wishing things away. Um, it's, why would you wait? 
I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> um, it's not just wishing for better, but it, it is waiting on the best. When your hope is in the hope of Jesus, which is our hope, this is, it, it's a noun, it's a, it's a verb, it's, it's all things hope. Um, we are always rescued from our hopelessness. I think about Christmas, this time of year. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Advent, what light the candles, the different, the first candle that you always light is hope because we have hope that our Savior is coming to this world, but not just as a baby anymore. The hope that we have based on his past faithfulness is because we watched him send his son to this world for us and not just to live among us and to be with us, but to die for us and give the ultimate sacrifice for us. And because of that faithfulness, <laughs> that should give us all some hope in the circumstances that we're going through. Um, reason I have this slide up, one quick thing. Um, one day, Wes and I went shopping. How many of you women know that shopping is sometimes the best therapy in the world? <laughs> um, especially when you're in a third world country and nothing looks the same sometimes. It's just like, I need to see something. I can window shop all day long, but that's going to be therapy. So I had been wanting to go to this store called Mia Esperanza for two purposes. Um, Mia Esperanza is a store, but it's made, it, it's um, built up of things that are made by women because it's also a program. It's women who have been through situations that look hopeless. And um, they teach them how to do hair. They'll teach them how to make jewelry, how to sew, how to do things that can help them in life. So hence the name of the store is Mia Esperanza, My Hope. Um, so we wanted to go to this store to check things out for some of our older girls to see if they could be a part of the program. But then they also had a store, so I just needed to shop while I was there. <laughs> Um, but they had necklaces that were just like this, and that spells out hope in Morse code. Any of you read Morse code in here? Anybody? Hey, we have some. <laughs> um, uh, Morse code was developed by a man named Samuel Morse, and um, when I when I looked at this necklace, I was intrigued immediately, and I was like, that's really cool. So I bought one that day that's in, it says Esperanza, which is the Spanish form of hope. So bought the necklace, thought it was really cool, but then I got home and I was, I had one of those moments where I'm like, how do I know that this really says what it says? Because I don't read Morse code. <laughs> Never really even heard it clicked out over a machine, honestly. So I, I did a little research on Morse code thinking, I hope I'm really wearing hope around, <laughs> around my neck. Um, so I, I researched it, and I'm just a geek like that, so I found out some information on it. But the first telegraph message was sent by a man named Samuel Morse, and it was sent on May 24th, 1844. It was just an experimental line from Washington, D.C. to Baltimore. They wanted to see if this worked, because, y'all, this is going to make some history if Morse code works, right? We can communicate from one city to the next. So... I just want to stop and ask you right here, if you were responsible for coming up with the first message to go across Morse code, you're communicating with the world, what would that message be? What would you say for the very first time to make history? <laughs> Let me tell you what they said. Um, Samuel Morse, he didn't really know what to say, so he asked the opinion of a friend's daughter. And this girl, she, 
she came up with a Bible verse. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They did a Bible verse for the first communication on Morse code. And then I looked at the address of the Bible code, and it's Numbers 25, 25. And I'm like, whose favorite verses in Numbers? <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> Oh, 23, 23. Sorry, it's in numbers. <laughs> um, so anyway, I looked up what it said, and of course they had it in King James Version going across, and it said, what hath God wrought? Okay, y'all, I needed to switch it to a translation I understood because I didn't even understand that. understand that. So it just roughly translated, what great things God has done. And then I just began to put it all together in my head that day. Have this necklace strapped around my neck with hope. It has no power in it. It's just making me think of Jesus. So that's good. Um, but I'm thinking of hope. I'm thinking of that first message to go out across in Morse code. What great things God has done. At the end of this year of ministry for us, I can truly stand here and say, what great things God has done. I want to broadcast this hope to everybody in Honduras here what are you broadcasting today what what type of hope do you have that hope that is sure that's solid that's based on his past faithfulness maybe it's not the past faithfulness of your life that you're looking at and maybe that's why sometimes things seem hopeless that's why you got to grab this word the word of God right here because there's story after story of God's past faithfulness and if you review it and roll it around in your head long enough, you're going to realize that past faithfulness, Bible days, still for you, still for us. And I can broadcast that hope because he has been that to me. He's been that to my ancestors, to my father, to my grandfather, to my great-grandfather. We have watched this past faithfulness, and that is why we can have hope. So I just want to leave y'all with that today. I want to obviously thank you so much, but I also want to leave you with the thought, what are you broadcasting? What's your message going to be? Is it, is it giving hope to people when you, when you share it? And this doesn't mean you're verbally sharing it all the time. There's so many times I share the gospel or I don't share the gospel with just my, the way I walk, walk around. Um, so, so broadcast hope, broadcast Jesus, <laughs> let it be what you share with others. Um, I just want to pray real quick and I'll, I'll give it to you. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for your faithfulness, not just in our lives, God, but in our ancestors' lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can have that steadfast trust in you and that we can always hope in you, Father. God, we thank you for the wonderful things that you just continue to do through Faith Renewed, through this body, God. You are actively working, and God, we see it, we feel it, and we thank you for it. We pray that this work would continue always. Lord, we love you so much, and we give you all the glory for everything, Father. And it's in your name we pray. Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abounding in hope. Exuding hope. Overflowing in hope. 
good southern term, you're gushing in hope. I pray that over you guys today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thank you. Can we all stand? Wow. We get ready to close out service. Um, let you know if you, if you are new here, we we always close out. We're just in time of worship and a time of prayer. If anybody needs prayer at all, you may be um, today. God sent you here, and you felt hopeless. He may just want to remind you today that there's hope in Him. And uh, if you would just take a moment, just close your eyes, and just let, let, the, let the one who brings hope, and that's Jesus, just begin to pour over you right now. Be released over your life. Hope is here. Hope is here. Just your heads about eyes are closed. If that's you this, this morning, you just say, I just, I'm in a place I just feel hopeless. I need hope in my life today. I need that. And I'm, I'm just thankful for the word that was spoken, the promises that come from his word. And I just need his hope this morning. Just right where you're at. Just, you can take a moment. Just lift your hands up to the Lord. If you just need you're in a place that you need the hope of that only only Christ can bring. You just need His hope this morning. Just lift your hands up to Him. Amen. There's hands just lifted up throughout. Who else? Just raise up the hands. Nothing to be ashamed, embarrassed about. You're just in a place where you just need the hope that only Christ can bring today over your life. Just lift your hands up to Him. Father, we thank You that hope comes in You. In You alone, Lord. raise it up. Thank you, Jesus. As the worship team gets ready to just minister in song, I just invite you to do this. If you need prayer today for any reason at all, any reason at all, we've been singing about God being a healer. We've heard testimonies today of Him being a healer. We've encountered it and been recipients of it, of the healing power of God. In any way, you need healing in any area of your life. It could be physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever it is. If you need healing today, you just need hope that only Christ can bring. I want to invite you to do this. You're welcome just to join us in this time, in this altar, in this time of prayer, and time of worship. We also have a care ministry room available and someone from our care team standing by to pray with you, talk with you if you need that as well. But can we do this this morning? As we leave and before we leave, take time to just worship and honor and give thanks for what he's done, what he's doing. What happened in 2018 for the testimony, praise reports, the things that we've heard God do. And, and let's do this. And let's just worship and praise. If you're not here, you don't need prayer today. Let's just worship and praise God and give thanks for the blessed hope that's going to just be released in 2019 for what God's going to do. And uh, I tell you, just, I don't know, just, just feel hope in this room today. And if you need that this morning, as a worship team ministers in song, I invite you to come. You can kneel in the altar. There'll be someone that will join you. There'll be someone that will pray with you. If you don't need prayer, just invite you to come and just spend time in worship or where you're at today. Just spend some time honoring the Lord. Give Him praise to the one who is hope today. And His name is Jesus. This has been a podcast of a special guest speaker brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at 